We are Living by the Word Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to one cause. That cause is the truth given in the Holy Bible, which we believe is the inerrant and infallible Word of God, conferred to man to live by. We let the Word of God be the final authority as to what is or is not true. We strongly feel that if we do not expose false doctrine, we only encourage it. This ministry is designed to challenge you from an apologetic point of view. 1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. This is Michael Tinsley. Please stay tuned while we arm you, the believer, to keep living by the word. It's the noble thing to do. Hey, Michael. Yes, yes, indeed. It is a noble thing to do. Welcome to Living by the Word Ministries presentation, a live presentation of the Bible Information Brokers. My name is Daryl Easy D. Fulton, and we appreciate you listening in. And I'll be introducing the uh, Bible Information Broker team, my teammates, momentarily. But right now, I want to get you set up for this live broadcast where you can call in. Matter of fact, as you call in, as you email us, as you communicate with us, this broadcast would go. This broadcast will go. So no matter if you're listening to us for the first time or you're listening to us for many years, we appreciate that you would actually participate in the broadcast because the open forum is an opportunity for you to call in with your open, honest question and our desire is to give you a biblical response. I see my good buddy in the background grabbing his Bible, and I'm going to ask that you do the same, ladies and gentlemen, if you're a believer or even if you're an unbeliever and you have a Bible and you have a Bible ready, we wouldn't be referencing the Bible because your questions that we take today, we want to give you a biblical response if there is one. If there's not one, we'll tell you one. If you're interested in what we say about something, we'll give you that as well. But right now, I'm just going to set the broadcast up. I'm going to give you the phone number, give you the uh, website address where you can start calling in right now and emailing us or Facebooking us questions right now. What do you say, Easy? Here's the number. Well, here's the number, ladies and gentlemen. One triple eight, L A talks. One triple eight, L A talks. Numerically, that's one triple eight five two eight two five five seven. So please take an opportunity to start calling right now while we have open lines, because even though this is a two-hour broadcast, when we get in the middle of the show. People have a tendency of calling on, and then we have many people calling in, and we want to get as many questions asked and answered as we can. So please be take the opportunity to call in while we have open lines. If the lines are busy when you call in, and we finish with a phone call, that would be the best time to call in right after we finish a phone call. So as you're taking notes, have your Bible open, preparing your questions for us tonight, then you'll be having an opportunity to call in once we drop each and every call, once we're finished with the call, as it were, not necessarily drop. It. So let me give you the number again. I'm gonna give you the website. So hang in there with us. It's one triple eight LA Talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. And um, the website address that you can go to and start sending email questions. You can do that all during the week, but also exactly right now you can send those email questions by going to our Facebook page. Not our Facebook page, but our website. That website address is BibleInfoBrokers.com. Bible infobrokers.com. And when you're on our website, while the show is going on, we're answering other questions and you're listening in, you can navigate through there. You can see all the various resources that we have. And by being on the website, you can send us an email question right there. And you also can navigate to our Facebook page from our website, trying to make it a sort of a centralized spot for you to communicate with us. You can do that by going to Bible Info Brokers, BibleInfoBrokers.com and send us either a Facebook question 
And also, you can send us an email question as well. So, how can we do it again? Let me give it to you again. I'm going to give you more information later on during the broadcast as we get going. But I want to get you set up, get the show set up so we can have a seamless uh, calls, seamless questions and answers, and get as many as we can. Folks, listen, I read my Bible chronologically, and just the, the portion I'm in for the, the day or the week, and not, not even get me started with the month or the books that you're reading. That's why I read it chronologically. There's a plethora of questions that I just have, and I would love to be able to take a whole show or two or three or four to ans- ask those questions to Professor and Brian and just kind of haggle over those answers and dealing with the aspects of the Bible. But listen, life happens to you. Things are going on in your with your kids. Things are going on at the job. And we want to be able to take all questions and see if there's a biblical response. So as life is happening to you, please take an opportunity to call in at one triple eight LA Talks, one triple eight five two eight two five five seven or our website is Bibleinfobrokers.com. Bibleinfobrokers.com. We will receive your email question and also we will receive the question in regards to uh, on Facebook. So you have all that information, please write it down. And you know what, matter of fact, while you're on the internet, if you have internet, or even if you have text and you have all these friends and everything, send out a text message, send out a blast. Let people know that you're listening to a broadcast maybe you've been listening for for some time, whether it's a week, year, like I said, it doesn't make any difference. Let your friends know that you have the Bible information brokers on the on the phone right now. You have either online, they're on the radio, they're on the internet. You can participate in a broadcast. You can call us. You can email us. You can Facebook us. Look, we're getting high tech pretty soon. I know Brian's going to set up so we can do Twitter. Twitter, and I don't know if we're going to ever do that thing called FaceTime because that way you have to look at our radio faces, and that's not something you want to necessarily get involved with. So as my uh, broadcast team gets prepared, we're going to start receiving your phone calls. So here it is again, one triple eight, la talks one triple eight five two eight two five five seven on this live presentation we got our lights together we got everything set and we're ready to get going so without further ado i'm going to introduce to you my other teammates and as he gets his uh, mickey mouses up set up up there mr brian allen how you doing mama rose's youngest boy i call him doing well good 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 to see you how you doing pch how you doing today brother doing well be good if you turn my mic on (laughs) (laughs) well we got the mic up we just got to get get you some volume so you can hear us back so listen ladies and gentlemen we got again our matter of fact thank you light man for getting us set the mood is all set now and we can get going that's the inside joke we'll we introduce you a light man to you one of these years we don't have to pay him do no 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 he knows better (laughs) i think we took care of him very well last week but anyway listen ladies and gentlemen again the bible information brokers is a live presentation uh brian allen professor craig hawkins i call pch my name is daryl easy Fulton, let's get to let's get to the phone calls. I think that we're doing okay, and we're gonna get going on the phone calls as we set up. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget www.bibleinfobrokers.com. You can go there and send us email questions and also Facebook questions by navigating right there. But let's go to El Monte, city of and South El Monte actually, and talk to our good friend Jerry. Jerry, how you doing, sir? Okay. All right. I hope you have that radio off so we don't have any feedback. Turn it off. Very good. Very good. Jerry, <laughs> what's your you I'm doing? doing well, brother. Doing well. Everybody seems like they're doing pretty good today. That's good. And what's your question for the night? My question is, how do we spot or realize there's a wolf in the pulpit? There's a who? Oh, a wolf. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I thought you was in a zoo somewhere like that. Brian, let's let's deal with that. Um, I, I would say, first of all, you, you look at First Thessalonians 5.21, test all things, hold fast to that, which is true. So you want to make sure that um, 
that you're being taught you're 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 being taught sound doctrine mm-hmm. uh i i think that's one of the uh first and the most important things uh that you test this teacher uh or this pastor by what he puts across uh, uh over the pulpit and you know you can also uh look at his lifestyle and things of that nature but i would say primarily uh you know uh, you got to really look at what he's teaching because if he's uh teaching false doctrine then then you have to make a decision whether you want to continue to be under that teaching which is false or go someplace that uh, is teaching sound doctrine you know what, Jerry, as Brian was even answering, he answered the question, I think, succinctly, as far as the word is concerned, know the word, but your question even leans towards the idea that a wolf would be someone that's sort of like a, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So he may look like a, a good guy. Uh, Brian mentioned uh, his lifestyle and things like that. And a lot of times we don't know the lifestyle until such, something goes negative. That's, that's basically for all of us. And so I'm sure if there was something going on with the pastor that is well known, it just kind of takes me back to 1 Corinthians 5, where even in the congregation, they knew that this gentleman in 1 Corinthians 5 was actually having an illicit affair with his father's wife. And it seemed like the Corinthians knew, or, uh, I'm sorry, with his uh, father's, yeah, with his father's wife, his probably stepmom in that situation. And the, um, and the congregation knew about it. So I think that the, the eyes, uh, as it were, to determine a wolf that's in a pulpit is going to be uh, someone usually knows what's going on with people's lives because usually there's some kind of accountability factor, whether with the leadership or, if it's a, say, a smaller congregation where there's not much leadership there, maybe a, a single pastor there. There's basically you guys are probably working them to death doing so much work. But if, here's my key. I used to take pastors out to um, um, away from church activities like sports. So I don't know if your pastor plays sports or if he likes a favorite restaurant. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to, you know, we all we all in the body of Christ. Uh, he may be the, the the teacher, but we're all in the body of Christ. And I like to get people away from church, as it were, and just see how they're doing with life. Be, not to catch them anything, but just to love them that way and in the fellowship. So that's another way you can probably uh, find out some things in regards to if you have a wolf in um, the pulpit. PCH. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I wanted to add oh, one ahead, more Mark. thing, uh, Daryl. Um, you know, Jerry, one thing that is also important is, um, is that pastor, is he accountable? And, um, and the thing is, who is he accountable to? Who is his, who are his mentors or who does he go to for advice or for uh, mentoring or for uh, guidance or counseling and things of that nature? So I'd, I'd like to know that as well. Yeah, I think he, he 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 was one of the recommendation by the organization. No, it's a large organization. Which I cannot mention it over the radio. Right, we don't want to do that. Don't want me to. You want me to? No, no, we don't want you to do that because we have to check it out and verify. Calm down, Jay. You sound like you was anxious to do well, that. We don't mind verifying. We just yeah. haven't done it. We yes. don't know what you're I'll send you an email on that. That's good. But That's good. Brian, you you hit the. Um, issue that I would want to address because Jerry there's actually a number of tests there's not just one it's regarding the nature of Christ the nature of salvation uh, ecclesiology which is a fancy way of saying that their understanding of the church uh, what is the church and and so there are a number of things and certainly fleecing the flock uh, some people aren't necessarily about money uh, and, and taking money from them although there are many who are Peter talks about those and the King James Version says, who make merchandise of you, who are, you know, basically selling you and selling you a bill of goods, ripping you off. And we see a lot of that, a lot of snake oil sold in Christian venues, a lot of modern day, I mean, well, it's snake oil. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. All the trinkets and baubles you see 
at many so-called Christian bookstores and, and whatnot. But the accountability issue, I want to go back to that, Brian, because that's so important. Um, I'm a Protestant, and I'm a Protestant by choice. I'm not one by accident. I'm by choice because I believe that humans can and do err, and I want to. I, I need, believe we need to go by the standard, which is not me or, or the three of us or any others. It's the Word of God. And I want accountability, and and many people pay a lip service to that, but they don't really do that. When you try to make them accountable, then they get offended, they make excuses. Even if they have a board of elders, which I do believe in a plurality of leadership, uh, I really don't hold to a congregational form of church government. I don't see people voting. Paul didn't ask people to vote on things. And I understand there's godly, intelligent people who disagree with me on that, and uh, I appreciate that, but I hold to a plurality of leadership and and the elder sense. But even that's not enough. They can't be yes-men. They can't be people who are so worried about getting their emotional needs met or wanting to be liked by others that they that they compromise. There's this group think. There's this stuff that goes on sometimes where people, they don't want to be left out. And even if the elder board's going one direction and, and they, one or two or three of them, uh, see, don't agree with it, they often will go along to get along. And, and that's not what this is about. It's certainly not about being obstinate and about being um, pig-headed, but it's about doing what you feel is right before the Lord based upon the Word of God. Uh, Luther uh, you know, said, for example, here I stand, I can do no other. It's neither right nor, nor wise, basically, to go against God, the Word of God or conscience. And so the Word of God should be your standard. And if you don't agree with something, you have to respectfully, civilly disagree. And I don't believe just just going along with whatever the pastor wants. Uh, we live in a day and age of personality cults where uh, people really practically worship personalities. Their, their, their faithfulness and their allegiance is not really to the word of God, it's to pastor so-and-so. Oh, yes. and, and, and these pastors sometimes feed this and they make it sound like you're, you're a malcontent, you're disgruntled if you disagree with me. And it's like, that has nothing to do with it. I, I might be, but... I might be, but it has nothing to do with it. What it has to do with is being faithful to God and to His Word. Right. That's what it's all about. That's that's and and by the way, if you're helping to correct somebody because they're going the wrong direction, that's not being unloving. That is, in fact, being loving. You don't just give in to them and give them whatever they want. And I speak from you. I've been in the church for years, obviously, and I've seen a lot of silliness go on. And, and a lot of, uh, I'll use the word, manipulation, emotional manipulation. Uh, people who, oh, woe is me, you know, you don't love me, you don't like me, you're not doing what I want you to do. Or this stuff like, I'm God's man, you know, and sit down and be quiet then. If you're God's man, then be faithful to God's word. You're not the standard, folks. The pastor's not the standard. The Word of God is, and you have every right to respectfully, civilly ask the pastor, why are we doing this? Why do we hold this? Now, if you come to a church and they have a clear doctrinal statement and you disagree, then why are you there? Then you need to move on. But but you should ask him, you know, what we, what do we believe in why? And and a pastor should not take offense to that. They should be glad that you're mature enough yes. that you want to know, not just tell me what to believe, like mama bird with the worm here, swallow this. It's you're teaching them to grow and mature in the Lord. And so that's not being disloyal or disgruntled per se. Um, that's, you know, this is, I think it's so important because so much of the church is so unhealthy when it comes to the actual governance of the church and it's running, even if the teaching's relatively decent, there's these personality cults and there's this yes man board where everybody who gets on the board often only gets on the board in the first place if they're gonna agree with everything the pastor says. 
And it's like, look, within the construct of the denomination of the church structure and their doctrinal statement to begin with, if you fit within that, and then you're asking a pastor about their teaching on a particular passage or whatever, uh, again, as long as it's done civilly which and respectfully, which is me not yelling at them or, you know, what do you think you're doing or whatever, mm-hmm. then that's completely appropriate. Your loyalty, our loyalty ought to be to God and his word, and then to people, uh, leaders. It, look, otherwise, get out of Protestantism and go, 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 join some cult or something. You know, where where you can just follow the the, the leader. Mm. And 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 so I've spent a lot of time on this because I've, I'm just convinced this is a big issue in the church. When we get and, back to some, I have some more to say. Yeah, and I don't even mean some of the real fringe stuff. Right. I mean the the uh, mainstream evangelical, using that term, uh, Christian church. There's a lot of the stuff going on, a lot of unhealthiness. Get back to the word. Show me from the word. Be like the brands who are more noble than the Thessalonians, who searched the scriptures, who tested the scriptures, who tested Paul, the apostle, to see if what he was saying was true. That's how you do this. And we need to get off the personality cults. You know, let me just add this thing. It's interesting that even in my reading today, I was in the book of Lamentations, as I go through the Bible, even though this is not directly related to the church per se, but let me just read a passage or a couple of passages from it, uh, from uh, Lamentations 3. And I'll just read um, 30, 38 through 40. And it says, um, it says, it is not from the mouth of the Most High that both calamities and good things should come. But here's the point I wanted to make here. It says, why should any living man complain when punished for his sins? So like we're talking about with this, these pastors, everyone can be checked. Everyone should be accountable like Brian was alluding to, like Craig was saying. And then in verse 40, it says this, let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. So if the impetus or the emphasis in your church is not return to the Lord, a.k.a. the word of the Lord, then what are we doing? What, then, then you're talking about a wolf in the, in the pulpit. You may have even something bigger than a wolf. Cemetery? I beg your pardon? Cemetery? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I don't know no cemetery. But anyway, um, Jerry, I hope that's that helpful to you, brother, because it's a very important subject matter. It is. It okay. is. It's been going on for years. And, uh, well, and um, the person is getting... You know. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. that that the other things concern and, me, man, because I, you know, and that, leaving yeah. alone, it generally it's it's not going to get better. It's like having a disease like cancer. You, you, it doesn't go away by just ignoring it, or like right. a cavity in your tooth, as Brian used to say, ignore your teeth and they will go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and 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 we're not we're not being loving. We're not serving the Lord or His people or even that person in that order by just allowing them to do things that are that are wrong and unbiblical. That the the godly person wants accountability, wants that. Right. Look, the wise man seeks a counsel of many. It's mm-hmm. not just many; it's many. Uh, the idea is those even to disagree with you, mm-hmm. so you can get different perspectives. None of us has all the answers. None of us has all the wisdom we need for everything in life. We all need input and accountability with one another, and, and we need much more of this in the church. So, Jerry, go ahead and send us that email about the information as much as you want to share, because if it's been going on for years, I, I would love to just help, and you know, I, I would personally direct uh, and pray with you about how to handle it, because unfortunately, I've been through that with uh, a number, a numerous amount of ministries in the 30 plus years I've been in Christianity, and Craig, I'm sure you have, and Brian, I know you have as well. So send us that email, Jerry, and give us a little bit of insight, and then maybe we can... Um, yeah, I'll send you the latest uh, uh, turmoil that we have. Okay, let me let me, be, let me emphasize this so the people won't, and the listening audience won't think we're into some, want to hear some gossip, want to hear some stuff. We're only sharing this with Jerry because if Jerry's been there for years and it has not settled itself, 
I just want to be able to share, and we just want to be able to share with Jerry just some of the fundamentals that we talked about here in general and then encourage him uh, to do whatever he needs to do for his own personal self and maybe for the help of the congregation. So, Jerry, we thank you very much. Okay, brother? I thank you, brother. All right, God bless you. God bless. You know, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I see some open lines here, and you're not taking advantage of them in the early part of the broadcast. I'm going to give the number again, but then we're going to go to some email questions that we have that Brian has set up. But let me give you the phone number where you can start calling right now. We're ready to receive your question to give you a biblical response. What is your question about life, about the Bible, about theology, about philosophy, about anything that's going on? We want to give you the biblical response if there is one, or I'll tell you if we don't believe that there is one. One triple eight. LA Talks, one 2557 Go to our website at Bible Info Brokers. Send us an email or a Facebook question by navigating right from our website and be able to communicate with us your question, and we'll receive it when you send it in. Brian, let's talk, let's talk about an email question from last week. Uh, yes, and this is from Israel. It says, hi, we're setting Jacob's wages with Laban. The Bible tells the story of white rods used when the livestocks are to breed, can you please explain it? No. <laughs> no, really. How about I say that? I'm not a shepherd. I don't know about those things. <laughs> you know about, about the mating. There's nothing to it. It's uh, he in his mind. He was convinced that somehow it's something to do with it, and God kind of humored him, if you will. Oh, okay, yeah, I, was, I used to thought it's that. It's really, uh, you know, look, these guys are human. Uh, Jacob <laughs> made some big mistakes. He's still a man of God overall, but he did some pretty bad things in his day. He deceived his brother to get the birthright, goes along with mommy and does something he shouldn't have done. I mean, Jacob did a lot of goofy things. Came back on. And then he deals with Laban, and Laban takes advantage of him, right? So he kind of like goes around, comes around. Yeah, exactly. He gets a taste of what he's done, but there, there, there is no basis for that. The Bible's not supporting that. It's just describing, it's a great question, but it's just describing what he did. It's not saying... There was anything to it that God told them to do it. Right, right. I didn't see that at there all. There's any science to it, an animal husbandry. There's not. Right, right. It just it's you're dealing with a, a, a societies that are, we'd say, superstitious or have a magical occult worldview that you can manipulate or bend reality through magic, through various spells or incantations or or formulas or practices. And and Jacob still has some of that stuff, and he's um, and it's got to be jettisoned from his life, and and it it's an overall process, and it takes years to get that out of his life, like it does us. We call the sanctification, and so there, yeah, there's no there's no justification for it. Well, I know his brother was uh, involved with that stuff because he was married uh, to a couple of uh, you know people that had different uh, religions and things like that, and I'm sure it was a heavy influence on his brother and stuff like that when they were before he did all this deceiving of them. But I tell you, it's uh, uh, you know, I know we're not talking about karma, but goes around, come around. Laban got him pretty doggone good, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, no, you know, you just said something, and, and it's uh, you know, it's a question that comes up from time to time. What goes around comes around, mm-hmm. and um, people get confused sometimes, Craig, with uh, with karma, mm-hmm. and um, when the Bible says. Um, Oh, I'm trying. To, I'm going blank. Uh, what a man sows, that he reaps. Right, right. What a man sows, that's what he reaps. God won't be and so, and so mm. a lot of people take that as karma when, in fact, it's not. Mm-hmm. So, that's a great point, Brian. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and and what was interesting, you know, like what you, you know, when when I was talking to you about it a while ago, uh, with uh, what goes around comes around is, is more of a principle, not anything more than it's a fact. It's not a universal law, exactly, because you might do something 
And instead of something coming around or uh, it not coming around, uh, God can intervene. And or like you, let's just say you do a, do a good deed, mm-hmm. and then instead of you know no good deed something going unpunished, natural, yeah, yeah, <laughs> no good deed going unpunished, uh, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's 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 a it's a big difference, and I, and a lot of Christians get. Confused, confused with that. Well, yeah, because you got like Linda Burns and others okay, and New good. Agers and that, you know, calm, and, and you hear Christians, you hear these new, the, I should say New Agers, you hear these word faith guys and, you know, well, this is what you sow, you reap, and uh, you got to speak positive faith-filled words and things like that. And as if that, you know, brings around positive things always, that that's just not true. Um, again, so think of something like this, Brian. And again, these are principles. Proverbs overall are not universal laws. They're principles. And what's the difference? It's generally true, such as he who lives by the sword shall die by it. Well, David lived by the sword. He didn't die by the sword. Exactly. It's not The Bible's not wrong. It's a general principle. Mm-hmm. But the idea there, someone who's a violent person, more often than not, meets a violent end. Think of people gangbangers. I mean, sure. they'll talk about you end up in prison for life, and but generally you end up dead fair, you know, before you should have died. Most and, of the Proverbs and, are like that. I mean, that's how the Proverbs should be read yeah, in light I, of that. Yeah, that's what I actually just said. Yeah, exactly, Daryl, yeah. you're right. So, and, and isn't it, Craig, like with, with uh, karma, if you do something bad, something yeah, bad has to happen. Karma is a universal law. cannot be broken. Right. Impersonal. Uh, and any action that has uh, negative or positive implications, morally speaking, there will be corresponding positive or negative karma. They don't really say good or bad. That's not how you say that. Uh, Norman Geiser in a book called The Reincarnation Sensation, The Reincarnation Sensation has a whole chapter on this. And he does a great job of explaining the difference between a ge- universal law and a general principle. And, and think, let me just give this example just quickly. Think of it this way. Uh, if we if it's true that we always reap what we sow, then all of us would go to hell because we've all sown oh, yeah. to the flesh. Yeah. We've all done sinned. That's what I mean by flesh, our fallen nature, not just your body, but your fallen nature, uh, the part of us that is corrupted. And, and so we'd all be going to a crisis eternity, but many of us are not. It's because of the grace of God. He's intervened. And there are times where God intervenes and people don't get what they deserve. David and the sin with Bathsheba and the murder of Uriah. David didn't get the death penalty um, for what he did and what, he does, what should have come his way. But God did show mercy. Granted, he had discipline his whole life. And uh, But see, there's, so there's examples to this. But, but I want to say two things uh, very quickly here. Uh, number one is, uh, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to be going to India. It's coming up real soon here. And into Myanmar, Have uh, I see it as a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. I'm not saying it'll never happen again, but it'll be my first time not in Myanmar, but actually getting to train multiple pastors. I've spoken to pastors before, literally in Myanmar, but we're going to be trying to do some training. We do training in India through what's called the Training of Trainers, T.O.T. We'll be doing that. And, uh, and, and I'm excited about that. And, uh, but, but I'll also be training these Christian leaders and pastors out of Myanmar in one of the border states to the border of Myanmar in India. And uh, we're going to be doing that. And I, I'm here to say, appreciate your prayers. And I, I also do want to give people, uh, uh, bluntly, an opportunity to support this broadcast and or my going to uh, these areas to train these guys. Why? Because we're going to pay their expenses, their lodging, their food. Uh, we, we, of course, we, we do this for free. We don't charge them. 
but you can help defer these costs uh, by by giving a donation and just mark it however you do that whether it's PayPal or on otherwise online or by old ch- check is is mark uh, you know for uh, India India the training of pastors or Myanmar whatever you want something like that or professor like what they've done uh, on just PayPal put just put PCH uh, yeah and 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 uh, so that works really hey, good. just put thanks, professor Hawkins. and all that money goes to that and some of you've already done that and thank you yes. still r- trying to raise last uh, time I heard it was like nine hundred dollars is what I need to. Uh, not pay my way there. Um, that's taken care of. But to uh, my my expenses, I don't get paid to do this. But I mean, to uh, humanly speaking, but for my flight and my travel and all that stuff and fees. But but but, but folks, for the for the lodging for these guys, for the for the facility to actually rent the room and the lodging to train them, uh, an incredible opportunity. How often do you get to reach parts of the world that literally where people have literally many of them have never heard the gospel? And these pastors have, many of them have no formal training. Uh, some of them are leaders because they can read. Um, and, and some of them are educated, but they need more uh, to be effective in ministry. You can be a part of this. So talk about what one sows they reap. Mm. You can reap eternal rewards here. Um, we're not saying God's going to bless you with, you know, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars silliness. He, he could, but it's not because of right, that. Right. Uh, but you will have the chance to invest in eternity. All the guys that these individuals minister to and share, many of them speak five, some speak 10 languages. Um, they can go into areas that you and I can't get into. There's parts of Myanmar you're not allowed to go into, um, and so on and so forth. So you, you get the point. Uh, but if you'd like to support this and or this broadcast, and uh, the guys will tell you how to do this in just a moment or so, but... I want to mention something else very quickly, and that is, folks, it's also true regarding eternal life or not. All of you, are, you're headed somewhere, either to the presence of God or not. And so, you know, and, and you can't earn this. You might think, well, if I do enough good works, then I'll sow what I reap. Well, you'd have to be perfect, and you've already messed up like the rest of us. But God has done for us what we cannot do for ourselves, and God breaks the cycle of 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 having to sow exactly what we reaped, uh, reap what we exactly what we sowed, which is sin and rebellion and disobedience. And we've all done some pretty dumb things. You might be a dumb person, but you've done dumb things. Worse than dumb things, you've done sinful things. You've done things that are wrong. And you know what? I'm not going to beat you up on this. You know this. And if you don't know it, all I've got to do is talk to someone who knows you and we'll establish that fact very quickly. So that's the bad news. It's kind of like going to the doctor. I had to have one of my physicals uh, getting at a certain age and had to have one of my physicals done. And, um, you know, the guy, the guy gives me some hard news. You know, you got to take care of this, got to take care of that. This is not in a good range. You need to adjust your diet here, you know, what have you. Uh, he doesn't do that to be mean to me. <laughs> I'm not convinced he's a, he's a mat- sadist. He does it because actually he's being a professional, responsible, uh, morally, legally. And, and professional competency. And so we don't do this because we delight in giving you bad news, but we need to give you the bad news so we can give you the good news. And that God has taken care of the situation, but you need to trust in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You need to believe on him and him alone for eternal life. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father. No man goes to heaven. No one goes to uh, the good place except the, by the work of Jesus Christ. As you trust in him as your Lord and Savior, as your deliverer, think of it as you trust in your doctor. God forbid you need, I have to have a medical procedure done in another month. No big deal. Um, and, and I'm going to have to rely upon the professionalism of these doctors to do this procedure. And, you know, so the point is, that, you know, that I have reason I can, can trust them. 
all the more with God, but you need a medical procedure. You need a new heart, my friend. Not a, not a do-gooder program, not a moral reform program. You need the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ and to trust in him and him alone for salvation. And, and there's a number of ways we can say this. He is the divine accountant, if you will. He is the divine jailer or judge, the Supreme Court of the universe. He is the divine physician. One of the words used for him, for Jesus and the Holy Spirit, is the parakletos, which is a Greek word for an attorney, a counselor of law, someone who, yeah, an advocate who advocates on your behalf. And indeed, Christ does that. Bottom line of this program, you need a personal relationship with God. You can't do that by your good works. He's not going to accept you because you're so good, or at least you're not that bad. You're not that good, and you are that bad, <laughs> just like me. That's all of us. But God is, says, I know that. You have a, a big issue, but I, here is the antidote, and it is the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Trust in him. Believe on him as your Lord and Savior and know that he gives to you eternal life. Now, by the way, supporting the India trip of this pro, or this program has nothing to do with what we just talked Amen. about. You can't buy salvation. We're not asking for money for salvation because we're not selling anything like that. We can't. It's a free gift of God. Oh, it cost him dearly, but he gives it to you free. It's a gift. The Bible makes a distinction, last point here, guys, between what's a gift and what are wages. Wages are what you earn. Wages, you don't necessarily have to thank your employer because they owe you because you've irked, worked or should have worked for uh, what what you did. Irked was from ergon, a uh, mix there of ergon, the word for work in Greek. Um, whereas a gift is or is something ab- above and beyond. It's something that's given just simply because not of wages. You didn't earn it. It's a gift to you. Now, I know about your house and my house, gifts are free, no strings attached. And so God gives you the gift of eternal life, but it is in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And I must say, I want to be very clear here. If you reject his gift, if you despise his gift, then you will meet God on his terms outside of the Lord Jesus Christ and him as your divine judge. And there is no escape from that. And I I just want to put it this way. This isn't some appeal to fear. This is an appeal to reality. You do not want to meet God on those terms as your judge. Meet him as your advocate and as your savior and delivering you from the bad life here and now, an empty life, a vain life with no ultimate purpose, significance, or fulfillment. Trust in Christ. Receive life here and now and for all eternity because Christ said, I am come to give them life and that more abundantly. And that is only in him. PCH, we really appreciate that. And ladies and gentlemen, if you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, based upon the gospel presentation now, I'm going to give you information how you can contact us. But right now, Brian, if you can just let the people know that if they do decide to give to the ministry or to us in any kind of way, especially with PCH, how they can actually do what you said to do by going to our website or mailing it in to us. You want to give that information, B? Yeah, no, no, most definitely. Uh, you can just go to our website, BibleInfoBrokers.com, click on the link that says support and donate, and just uh, it's a very, very simple, and you can determine if you want to do a one-time donation uh, or if you want to do it automatically every month. Uh, the choice is yours. Now, there's a little place at the bottom for notations, so you can put uh, PCH's trip, uh, or you could just leave it blank. We know it's going to the ministry. And what I saw... Uh, Today, as a matter of fact, some people go, they'll say, uh, uh, they'll 
put a donation and go 50 50 okay. half to professor yeah, hawkins half good. half to the church after the radio ministry so uh you could do it that way so more did more come <clears throat> in for the india for training the pastors in in, in myanmar yeah i think about 50 to 100 dollars more came in please let me just say this to you about giving i, I just I, i've had a thing since i came to christianity long ago how uh we, the bible says we're stewards of god's money and I'm sure, I mean, don't get me wrong, what, what does the scripture say about the, you can tell about the person's uh, heart, whether the treasure is where the heart is in regards <laughs> to that. I'm not saying that it's a direct relationship because things can be going on in life. You may have a desire to give, but you've, you know, you made some blunders, uh, you made some bad investments or whatever like that. It's tough times for you right now. But here's the issue. The issue is this for me. They should, we have so we have a plethora of ways to give in this nation. We have a we we live in the United States of America where they allow you to give up to fifty percent of your income to nonprofit organizations. Folks, did you know that? And you could pay that much less taxes on your tax bill. Here's something I, I did with Living by the Word Ministries. Set up a thing called Family Serving Families, whereby my wife and I gave found out from her job how they can do matching funds. We got double matching funds up to a much up to a certain amount. Folks, there's too many different ways that you can uh, take the Lord's money. And like we call ourselves Bible information brokers, giving you information about the Bible. Well, the Lord is, uh, like, like Craig said earlier, the Lord, in a sense, is going to audit you on what you do with your time, talent, and treasure. Why? Because he gave it to you. He didn't give it to you for yourself. Come on, folks. Now, don't get me wrong. We not know we just dealt with some kind of fight that raised over $300 million for certain people and $100 million for another guy. You know, I happen to be uh, black and Irish. And so I'm, I'm, I'm familiar with all that money, but I'm, I don't have all that money, folks. But God has it through us. So please take the opportunity to consider what you're doing as a steward of God's money and give appropriately. Whereby, why? For the reason just for you to get something in return? No, but give generously because you want to build up the kingdom of God. And if you find out that this radio broadcast and what we do here, Living by the Word, presentation of the Bible Mission Brokers, or you figure that you've been knowing Professor for all these years, he's been on a plethora of time. We, we don't get paid for this, folks. Should we get paid? Yes, in my opinion, we should, but we're not into that first. We're into getting the word out first. And if the Lord decides to make enough money available, like the temple had too much money where they had to stop telling them to stop giving when they rebuilt the temple, folks, build up the body of Christ through this ministry. You're familiar with us? We've been on 20 years. I've been on 20. The guy's been with me 18. You can trust what we're doing that the money is going there. So please, give out of the generosity of your heart what God has given you. And remember, there's various ways you can give, and we gave you the information. So please avail yourself to it. Our website, again, is BibleInfoBrokers.com. BibleInfoBrokers.com. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, and uh, you, you, you jumped in. And definitely said it was great. But also, if you want to, if you want to mail mail in your yeah, uh, your mm -hmm. your donation, mm -hmm. uh, you can uh, mail it to Living by the Word uh, B I B, and that's at PO Box nine zero four seven seven. P.O. Box 90477, Los Angeles, California, 9009, Once again, P.O. Box 90477, uh, Los Angeles, California, 9009. And again, put on your check uh, if you wanted to go to uh, for Professor Hawkins' trip, if you wanted to go to the ministry, or if you want to split it. Exactly. That'd be fine. And don't send cash, either a check or money order. We appreciate that in advance. Gentlemen, we asked the folks to call in. They're calling in. We asked them to send emails from our website. They asked them to go to Facebook. We're going to check that as well. Uh, if we dropped your call, I got your questions written down, so I'm going to try to get to them. But right now, before we become Michael and Eric, we're going to go to Beverly in the city of Pasadena. Beverly, thanks for holding on and calling in. Hi, how you doing? Doing well, Beverly. How are you? I'm doing good. Good, good. And what's your um, question for the night? 
my question was, um, like, when a person dies, will they see their loved ones in heaven, providing their loved ones go to heaven? You know, before the professor and Brian uh, tackle that, I just came from a memorial service today on one of our, my cousins that passed away, 25 years old. And, mm -hmm. uh, Craig, you know, the book I, I read, uh, we talked about last week about uh, Harold Ivan Smith, about I had an opportunity to share that book with the, uh, the, the people that were there, over a couple of hundred people. And as soon as I walked in, uh, my cousin, uh, the younger, the sister, asked me, hey, cuz, are you going to be able to do one of those prayer things for us to open us up in prayer? Now, you know, this is where our family talked to each other, and uh, so you know, it wasn't disrespectful. She was being, she was serious because I did her mom's uh, um, memorial service at their house um, back in uh, 2010. So here you got mm -hmm. the mom dying, and you have my cousin, her son now uh, is dead, so you got the father and the daughter left and, uh, and the family, you know, we're, we're grieving. And so I had an opportunity to share that book with them. It's called, um, I, forgive me for, all I know is Harold Ivan Smith. And the, basically it's talking about uh, when, when you don't know what to say. That's the name of the book. When you don't know what to say, mm -hmm. how to help grieving family and friends by Harold Ivan Smith. And I would say uh, for you, Beverly, and for everyone else, who's going to deal with this issue, who have not have already dealt with it, is going to deal with this issue in their lifetime, that someone will die that's in your family or close to you, read that small pamphlet, read that book, and it'll help you tremendously on not being so overwhelmed with the idea that you have to say some magical words to solve everybody's problems. But like I told the people there, your mere presence, your mere presence is such a blessing to people. Just go there, and if you have nothing to say, just be there for them, waiting for them to tell you what to do or say for them. Professor Brian, what about uh, dying? Uh, when we die, do we see our folks in heaven? Uh, I believe I believe that we're going to, you know, recognize people that we knew here on earth, mm -hmm. without question. Uh, but the good thing, too, is, you know, people wonder and they say, well, what if we don't see certain people? Uh, now, I don't, you know, I don't know how God's going to handle it, but he, he said there's going to be no suffering, no pain. And so um, if, if there's people that uh, we don't see in heaven that we think would be in heaven, uh, isn't, there's not going to be sorrow, there's not going to be mourning, there's not going to be anything like that. Because, you know, in the book of Revelation, you know, uh, it's, it's clear where it says there's no more suffering, no more pain. You're not going to have that in heaven. So how God does it, I don't have a problem with it. He he can do, you know he he can do anything. Yeah, I, I'm sorry, Dale. I, I was going to pass, but yeah, it's a great question. Actually, in Second Corinthians five seven and eight, Paul does talk about being absent body, present with the Lord, to be and and to be home with the Lord. And the word home there actually means to be among one's peoples. So. It, that would apply, it would assume that if you don't know anybody, you couldn't be among your people. Um, so sure, we're going to recognize people, absolutely. It's part of the beauty, is it not? I mean, Paul talks to the church at Philippi and others about, aren't you not our joy, our crown? You know, we invest in people. Uh, things are not eternal. Things are to be used. People are not to be used. People are the ends. And so when we serve God, as even Luther said, we serve people. God doesn't need anything. So we invest in people, and that's what it's all about. So family, friends, otherwise, yeah, that's what heaven's going to be populated with is our, our loved ones, and that's part of the beauty of heaven. It is certainly, to be sure, intimate, direct, unhindered relationship and fellowship with God. But the second prong of that is is unhindered relationship and fellowship with our friends, with exactly. our family, with people who do know the Lord. That's the, that's the beauty of heaven.
You know, I would say this also, Beverly, that in Luke, uh, one of my favorite passages, one of my favorite stories about the rich man and Lazarus. And I, I don't know exactly, uh, Craig, you can help me out on this, if this is a, a true story that Jesus is referring to uh, as opposed to a parable. We, you know, there's arguments on, on either side about, you know, parables. They're not usually using personal pronouns. But let's just say for the sake of argument that the, the idea that you're asking about will be able to recognize our folks on the other side. Well, the rich man... Uh, was able to recognize Lazarus. He was able to recognize uh, uh, Abraham being in, uh, being not in Abraham, but being on the side of, of torment where there was a great gulf in between. So the whole story to me lets me know, at least from the standpoint of the situation, that there is going to be recognition, number one, and we're going to have some kind of consciousness, uh, number two. And uh, it just doesn't make any sense in all the other verses the guys used before. It makes all the sense in the world that we will be able to identify without the pain, without the the suffering that we're going to be in heaven, but the pain and the suffering that's going to go down on the other side, as it were, in the lake of fire, ultimately, you see it represented with the, uh, the rich man. And he was even asking uh, Father Abraham to send Lazarus back and tell his brothers or something like that. But uh, Abraham said, hey, you have Moses, the prophets, and they don't listen to them. You wouldn't even listen to somebody if someone was raised from the dead or come from the dead. So to me, those things that the Bible alludes to are not just little myth mythical stories, but realities of, uh, of the real life, the eternal life. Mm -hmm. So I hope that's okay. helpful to you, Beth. Yeah, I have one other quick question. Well, go ahead. Um, take it. The other thing is, um, like when God comes back for Christians, um, will, like the plague that he does, will that happen before or after? Before, you said before or after he comes back? Yeah, well, it will, will the plagues happen before um, God comes back? Or will they happen after, like the, like they'll take all of the Christians and right, the theological, and theological and opinion. Whoever's left, will the plagues happen only to them? Well, it just depends <laughs> on your theological perspective because there are, uh, you know, solid, uh, God fearing Christians that hold to all, all all of those view, you know, to to the different, different viewpoints, and so uh, that's something where you would uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, study the scriptures and and come up with your conclusion because there are again like I said there there's solid uh, Christian solid teachers that hold different viewpoints to that. And if I could, if I can just expand on this, Craig, you might want to get into it more or not. But I, I always ask the question when we ask about is there going to be trouble? Is there not enough trouble in the world today that with with the Word of God that we have uh, by applying God's Word? I found in my life is like having money. You know, if you have a lot of bills, Beverly, you know, you have a lot of bills. But what's mm -hmm. the big deal if you have a lot of bills if you have the money to pay the bills? And I look at the problems right. that we have in this world that by applying God's word to my issues in life, at least for me, it, it just, it's just like paying bills with money. I mean, it's, you know, you still have the problem. You still go through stuff in life. You don't want to go through it. But the idea that you have the answer and be able to apply the answer to God's word. And then the bottom line is, if you don't have the answer, the bottom line is always to trust. To trust the okay. Lord. To trust the Lord. Other Jesus, if you don't know the answer, call one triple eight LA talks. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I do that, you know, and you guys don't have the answer, then I'm gonna trust the Lord even more. <laughs> but Beth, I hope that's helpful to you, Beth. Yeah, it is. Thank you very uh, much. You're so I very welcome. It. God bless you. That's a good one, Brian. Go ahead, B. Yeah, we got a uh, question, and it's... Uh, Another email? Yeah, email question. Um, it's from Molly. It says, hi, Professor Hawkins. In the Garden of Eden, was there sin in the first couple genetic makeups? 
If not, why would Eve deceived? Why would why would Eve deceived into why wanting yeah. to be like God? Isn't that like the lust of eyes or greed of coveting? Is that why we inherit that a trait throughout human history? Thank you, Molly. So again, that's Molly. M A L I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a great question. Yeah. A lot of ink's been spilled on this. It's an important, you know, it's an important issue, and and so I would. There's different perspectives, but I would give the one that no. There's nothing genetically. There's nothing within the constitution of Adam and Eve that make that predisposed them to sin. That gave them a proclivity or a leaning or a predisposition to sin. What they have is simply the ability to choose. Uh, they don't have necessarily a leaning, my understanding would be, towards righteousness or uh, sin. Um, they are, see, righteousness is when you've actually, like, for example, been tempted, gone through temptations, and you don't, do not sin. Whereas Adam and Eve are, uh, seems to be more, uh, I would use the term, innocent. Okay. They had not committed sin. They were without sin. I say this for a number of reasons. There would be a number of biblical texts, and we would, and, and systematic theology, this is called anthropology, not in the sense that like cultural anthropology or physical anthropology that you take a college or high school, but the study of man from anthropos and ology are words about the study of, in this case, human beings, humans. Think about it this way. If, if God had made them with some type of genetically uh, engineered uh, engineering such that they were predisposed to sin, then God would be the author of that and would be guilty, would be the one responsible for their sin because he made them and he made them to sin with the leaning to sin. So he knows they're going to do it. Now God's on the hook, but the Bible's very clear that God uh, has nothing to do with sin. He can't be tempted. He never looks upon it favorably. He never winks at it. He, he, he never condones evil. And if that had been the case, that he had designed them in some genetic sense or otherwise to be predisposed to sin, he would be the ultimate source, the ultimate cause of that, and therefore culpable, and therefore the author of sin, which is, the Bible says is, is no, 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 uh, is not the case. So, no, they simply have the ability to choose. Now, once they choose, now we, we know, according to Romans 5, for example, they become slaves to sin. And Christ indeed says, he who commits sins becomes a servant of sin. Whoever you know you serve, you, they become your master. And so sin now, all of us are born with a sin nature and a leaning towards sin, whereas Adam and Eve were created in original righteousness, if you will, uh, as it says in Ephesians, which I would understand to be basically they're innocent, and then they fail miserably, and all of us would have failed as well. As came up last week, a question on what's called federal headship, and there's different understandings of that, but that's the idea that Adam and Eve represent all of us. They s spoke for us, just as Christ can now speak for us and those who trust in him or not. And so we were basically, if you will, think of it this way. We're all in the stands watching Adam and Eve, and they're being tempted. She gives in, he gives in, and they, it's as if they look to us in the crowd. It's the old proverbial Caesar, up or down, thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down, right? And we all give the thumbs up, go for it. Yeah, yeah. And that sense, we're all culpable. Uh, but there was no, one more time, predisposition. It was their original choice, and therefore it is fully there, and therefore our responsibility. Our cul we're culpable for that horrible uh, those horrible choices. Excellent, excellent. Go ahead, B. Yeah, Craig. Something just popped in my head uh -oh. when you were saying. Popped uh, in his head. And I'm not even. <laughs> I'm not even in the shower yet. So, um, 
it's amazing because it made me think of I think one of the callers last week or the week before last, and it's amazing how people have a problem with well why why do I have to suffer because of Adam's sin you know Adam and Eve's sin, and uh, you know they just don't see how you know that uh, since Adam fell we all fell, but they don't have a problem. When Christ died on the cross for everybody, it's like they don't say, "Why, you know, why did he have to die for everybody? You know, why not just me?" But he died for everybody, just like Adam's sin affected everybody. Yeah, that's a great point, Brian, and, and and that's why it works both ways. That you're culpable in Adam for his sin, and but but also can be justified by Christ. And, and think of this this way. Uh, there were kind of the reverse problem of evil. People often struggle with the problem of evil, but what about the problem of good? Yeah. Example. Yeah. Now, some of you had parents who were just, maybe we can't say anything good about them. And you say, really, they were that bad. And, and so I want to be sensitive to that. But most of us had parents that are mixed. But but my parents did a lot of good things, it told me the value of education, gave me training in sports and all kinds of things. And I, and I don't ever go, well, I shouldn't get that blessing. Uh, why do they do that to me? So I'm, I'm more than willing to receive the things that I benefit from my ancestors, exactly. but I don't want to take the things I don't like. And it's, it's so, it's so um, disingenuous. It's so asymmetrical. I want to claim the good things. It's just like this. All my quote unquote, assuming it has some good traits as C.S. Lewis points out in the screw tape letters, uh, all the good things about myself, I take credit for but I don't want to take credit for any of the bad stuff, my yeah. temper in quotes or whatever, but the good things, Oh yeah, that's me, you know? And so, it, but it works both ways. And it's also related again to uh, the principle of sowing and reaping, or the general principle right. of, of cause and effect as well, that we, we benefit for good and for ill from our ancestors. You know, I'll just say this in part. It was one of my devotional readings uh, earlier this week, and a guy named is Welsh, and he, I just read the first part of it. He says, there's a striking difference between knowing about God and knowing God. I think when you know uh, just about God, you don't get the real essence of your sin nature. But by uh, having a relationship with God, it makes you know how rotten, well, yeah, low, low down you We really you think we're not that bad oh, and we man. deserve better. And what are we comparing it to? Uh, Daryl, and exactly, <laughs> and almost inevitably quickly here for the break, when we suffer, we always want, the, the question that comes to most of our minds almost instantly is, why me? Yeah. And as one of my good pastor friends says, why not you? Yeah, matter of fact, it should be you. Look, by being honest with yourself, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to take a break right now. And you're going to hear some music. You're going to hear some music in the background as that music is playing. And is there a number that they could call? Well, you know what? I'm going to give the number, but I, if I forget it, Brian, you help me out, won't you? Well, you're shaking your head. This is radio. You don't shake your head on radio, Brian. Well, yeah, but you 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 asked me the question, not not to the public. Now, if you're asking me to give the radio uh uh, number out, I will. Oh, a little sensitive, aren't you? Why don't you give the well, number? Hey, yeah. Don't pick on the birthday boy. Yeah, By the yeah, way, yeah, we didn't hey. mention that. Happy oh, birthday, Brian. That's oh, why you oh, got man. the little attitude. We don't have no cakes for him. Oh, man. Give the number so we can happy go on a break. We, we're saying happy birthday to you during the break. All right. <laughs> B- big baby mama's boy. <laughs> one triple eight LA talks. No, he didn't say big mama. He said big baby mama's boy. <laughs> that's that's good. good. I like that. One triple eight LA talks. One triple eight five two eight two five five seven. Come on, I know you guys have questions. You always do. Website. Uh, you can uh, at uh, you can go to the website at or email us at questions at uh, bibleinfobrokers.com. Hey, man, wait till the last ten yeah, twenty minutes. There you go. <laughs> 